invest in professional development for your entire organization, boost its potential, and see it grow. Choose Docebo, the world's most powerful platform for corporate learning. Learn more at docebo.com. I walk slowly through the streets of Rome until I reach Via Carlolo under the quiet of Monte Mario. Here, at number 42, lived a man who one day would become a ghost. In the apparent calm of the orderly apartment buildings, one April morning of 1987, he walked out into the streets and never returned. I like to imagine him walking boldly despite his age in the early lights of the morning, soon to become a legendary spirit, soon to fade away with the night, softly like his last steps on the floor of his home, soon to escape from the coming triumph of his enemies, an exit from public life after 73 years of solid and personal ideas, no matter how audacious. And so he waged his battle alongside men and women that saw him as a guide. His name was Federico Caffè, teacher, professor in economic and financial policy at the University of Rome, a mentor, a real intellectual. Just before his disappearance, Federico Caffè left his watch on a shelf in his apartment, as if he were leaving time itself behind, as he no longer needed it. He also left behind all forms of ID, such as his passport, and any sign of property or belonging, such as the keys to his house and to his faculty. But the watch is without doubt the most striking object, and it's there that we'll need to look if we want to find a path in the chaos of our lives. We'll need to look way back into the past, at the deepest footprints left behind by Federico Café. I am Guido Brera, and you're listening to Black Box, the hidden side of finance, a podcast by Cora Media, sponsored by Docebo. Federico Caffè was an economist, a heretic, a rebel, an intellectual, and then a ghost after he disappeared into thin air one April morning of 1987. On the 30th of October, 1998, 25 years ago, he was officially presumed dead. According to the official documents, the Court of Rome, by judgment of October 30th, 1998, declares the presumed death of Federico Caffè, born in Pescara on January 6th, 1914, previously residing in Rome at Via Carlola, number 42, missing from his residence since April 15th, 1987, signed Attorney Sebastiano Ribaldo. The search for the professor had been ongoing for 11 long years, from April 1987 until that autumn of 1998. Some claimed to have seen him. Others said that he'd thrown himself into the Tiber. Witnesses claimed to have seen a white-haired man with a brown coat jumping off a bridge. Except that Federico Caffè wore a dark jacket and his thinning hair was still black. Some swear to have bumped into him in the streets of the capital the same morning that he disappeared. A few people just couldn't give up. They continued the search for a long time, perhaps too long, in the attempt to fill the void of the years to come. 
They imagined a thousand variables. They conjured a thousand theories. They studied pathways and measured hypotheses. The map of Rome became a crisscross of movements and possibilities. The seekers turned the city inside out as they searched every corner. They inspected the shadows and light, the parks and the subway stations, in the outskirts and under the bridges. Hopeful and desperate, they visited clinics and hospitals. Perhaps he'd had an accident, an amnesia. They investigated wherever a patient could be treated for long periods of time without giving a name. At least, this is what the newspaper said. Over the years, there have been many conflicting theories, speculations and conjectures on the disappearance of Federico Caffè. All that we can say for certain is that he vanished without a trace. Much in the same way as physicist Tectore Majorana at the end of the 30s, these men were both prisoners of their own experience, of what remains when dreams and expectations are filtered through the hard mesh of reality. Majorana, the student of Enrico Fermi, and Caffè, the lone reformer who filtered the economic theories of Keynes, seem to have had much more in common than their separate scientific fields would suggest. They were both distressed by the foresight of what they saw ahead, and they were both frustrated in their ambitions. According to some, Majorana predicted the atomic inferno that his research was about to unleash. Caffè, on the other hand, saw the future of the conservative revolution of the 1980s, which he strongly opposed in its vindication of free markets, its disdain of the state and its dismissal of social issues. Federico Caffè would forecast the effects of the cult of the global free market. While conservatives and socialists were both finding common ground in the third way, in the vagueness of what some might call extremism of the center, An economist, a heretic, a rebel, an intellectual, and then a ghost after he disappeared into thin air, one April morning of 1987. But who was Federico Caffè, truly? To find out, we must look even further back into the past. In Italy, after the Second World War and the liberation, the years of Reconstruction were clouded by the shadows of a new civil war. A young Federico Caffè was in England at this time, having won a scholarship to the London School of Economics. Here, he entered in contact with the theories and practice of Beveridge and Keynes' economic thought, which guided the policies of the Labour government. On returning to Italy, Keynesianism and macroeconomics would be at the centre of Federico Caffè's academic teachings. Lecturer at the universities of Rome, Messina and Bologna, he would also serve as the director of the Luigi Einaudi Institute for Monetary Banking and Financial Studies. Here, he allocated many scholarships for the education and employment of the young. He was many things, but most importantly, he was a brilliant observer of post-war economics through a Keynesian lens. After the post-war period and the so-called Italian economic miracle, the professor saw its total opposite. He called out against the celebration of budget constraints and the reduction of public spending. Caffè was never convinced by the idea that containment and cuts were the right path for economic reparation. For him, there were other priorities. 
fighting unemployment, supporting internal demand, compensating the unbalance between geographic areas such as the north and south of Italy. Caffè was well aware that the invisible hand of the free market was incapable of miracles. If anything, that same hand could make things even worse. The magic cures promised by economic liberalists would cause more harm than good. Federico Caffè saw in market fundamentalism the root of injustice for Italian capitalism, as well as social tensions. The professor looked beyond his own nation to see how other countries had decided to start over and rebuild. This is how he realized that the Italian boom was a flash in the pan. It didn't have the groundwork to last. And groundwork is essential in order to build Keynes' possible civilization. After all, what sort of person, when facing the crucial problem of unemployment, would decide that the best plan is to cut down on education? Federico Caffè always looked abroad for inspiration. In his early 30s, in London, thanks to a scholarship, he discovered the theories of John Maynard Keynes and was able to observe the labor policies of the Adelie government. In the second half of the 1940s, the Adelie government had opted for an economic policy based on state control and careful redistribution of wealth in order to guarantee balance, equality, and social justice. Inspiration came from the work of two economists, John Maynard Keynes and William Beveridge. The Labour government of the time nationalized the Bank of England, the key industries, the coal mines, and transportation. National insurance was extended on the principle that citizens deserve to be protected, regardless of their salary. Perhaps the greatest of his works, and certainly the most iconic, was the creation of the National Health Service free universal healthcare. In this manner, the groundwork for the welfare state had been laid down in post-war Britain, a bold, advanced, and progressive political choice made in a country burdened by debt due to the war effort. Federico Caffè was understandably impressed. The virtuous dialogue between politics and economics seemed historic to him and something that every democracy should strive for. An economist, a heretic, a rebel, an intellectual, and then a ghost after he disappeared into thin air one April morning of 1987. But Federico Caffè didn't just vanish without leaving anything behind. He left us so much instead. His ideas, his research, and his opinions are just as urgent today. He warned us about income inequality about the end of the welfare state and the lack of investment in healthcare and education, which determined the very future of society. His work on inflation is as important today as it was then. Caffè always refused to see inflation as a problem in and of itself, separated from larger and more systemic crises. He often repeated that inflation shouldn't monopolize the scene as the only great adversary to defeat. For example, he stated that moderating inflation at the cost of unemployment was a recipe for disaster. An economist, a heretic, a rebel, an intellectual, and then a ghost. But like in the best ghost stories, he's returned to shock our world. Federico Caffè was the prophet of a likely future of an age that from the 80s onwards would look more like an unchanging present. 
The catastrophes of today are the result of attempting to normalize extraordinary responses to exceptional events. Once more, emergencies are a laboratory for experimentation. To experiment the return of state intervention in directing the economy during our all-too-frequent systemic crises, from pandemics to wars. After four decades of market hegemony, the trend is turning back around. John Maynard Keynes is back from the dead. But what this means is up to debate. Perhaps everything needs to change for everything to stay the way it is. I walk slowly through the streets of Rome until I reach Via Cadlolo. In the apparent quiet of the orderly apartment buildings, one April morning of 1987, he also walked out into the streets and never returned. Now I stop and I can still feel his living absence, his presence. Black Box is a Cora News podcast, produced by Cora Media and sponsored by Docepo. Written by Guido Brera with I Diavoli. Editorial supervision by Francesca Milano. Intro and sound design by Luca Micheli. Editing and post-production by Luca Micheli and Emanuele Muscatelli. Production organization by Alex Pederengo. Thank you.